You are listening to the Chuggin' Chat. We are your hosts, Mo and Liz. Go, 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 go. <laughs> Did that what sound you, like I was, was drinking what something? Are you, I yeah, was Jay, what are you gulping? What are you no, chugging? Well, no, nothing. I was just making the sound. Oh, oh, was it? Wait, was let it me looking? let me try a real one and see if you can hear it. Hold on. Okay. All right. <laughs> you can't really so, do it. You can't do it's it. It's really that sounded like you were like not well. That sounded I, really. I don't think I was for a minute there. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. trying a little ditty out. Just trying it. I mean, I mean, I'll take it. It was fine. It was fine. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. It's been it's been a hot minute since we got to got to record. Welcome back to the United States. Thank you. Thank you very much. I was in Missed Thailand so for the last couple of weeks. Um, we'll talk about a little bit about my travels later on in this episode. Oh, my God. Um, and any of you that actually listen know that I was obviously devastated because all I was capable of recording by myself was me playing, like, a Power Hour women's playlist, and a lot of the songs were sad. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty great, though. I mean, my friend Melissa, shout out, said she listened to it while she painted her nails, so that was a real plus. That made me feel great. That's actually great. That's, like, a really great, like, image in my mind. Like, her, yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, I was, like, women supporting other women. Like, she's listening to my weird, like, trip out on on women's music on (laughs) Women's Day when my main woman is not even in the same country. It was, it was I mean... I know it was, it was, it was hard, but But I'm I'm so happy you're back. (laughs) Me too. I'm really happy I'm back, but I'm also really happy I went. It was a really rad vacation, but anywho, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk a little bit today, um, just briefly about the, uh, Neil Gorsuch hearings and what's kind of going on with that, um, leading up to his potential confirmation and, um, also the hearing that took place on Monday and I believe it still happened yesterday as well. I didn't watch it in any of it yesterday. Um, but the, the like, preliminary hearings um with James Comey um about the everything from the investigation for what's going on with Russia to the potential like the I mean the accusation of um Obama tapping (laughs) I yeah I mean it's I mean it's you can't possibly not laugh at it (laughs) it's It's so so absurd but yeah, but I mean, I think we should. I think we should start um, with just a, a brief moment of silence for what happened in London today. Um, for everybody who does not yet know, and I just found out about it like an hour ago. Um, there were five people, I believe, um, who were struck by a vehicle that drove into the um, fence on. Let's see, it's on the the bridge, and I can't remember the name of the bridge. That one by Big Ben. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and five people were, were killed, and um, a police officer was stabbed by a person who got out of the car that that crashed into the, the fence. And anyway, it's, it's very sad, so we should just have a little quick moment. Thank you for doing that. And that's that. long, yeah. yeah. That's, that's I mean, yeah, that's, a long enough pause. And that's that's a long enough pause. Can yeah, I just I mean, say it's, it's... about that, though? Like, okay, so I lived in London for a few months um, when I was 20. And I was thinking about this because when you were telling me about this awful event earlier, 
was like thinking in my head because this was such a new concept to me even when I lived there for a couple of months that because of course their gun control laws are so different from ours mm-hmm. there are tons of stabbings but very I mean shootings like never happen there so like the murder there was much more up close and personal in the sense that like I mean if you're stabbed oh. in the street it's like you have to get really close to someone right like this is something that we really talked a lot about because there were a couple of stabbings on like Oxford Street and just like random muggings you know like happen here of course but it's it's interesting because of course it's a different experience than shooting from far away and so um, wow. it, I was sad to hear you say that you know that a policeman was was stabbed because that's such a different I mean do you ever hear of that happening here not really no no you really don't I mean that's a good point I mean the the places that you do hear it happening I mean in my what that that generally comes to my mind are like in prisons where you don't have guns like in places where guns aren't exactly. available but typically you're right that's that kind of intimate like face-to-face violence I I can kind of equate it to like you know strangulation um, and things like that. I mean, cause it's, you have yeah. to be that close and in order to murder somebody like that. And I don't, I don't think the police officer died. I think he's, he's going to be okay. Oh, um, but you know, when you think of that, um, I don't know. I mean, when you think of like how, how long it would take to kill somebody like that, do you know what I mean? Like, oy, oy, yeah, it's it's takes, it takes some real commitment and it also made yeah. me wonder if that's, why only um, six people were killed, or if I mean, were they killed by the car, or were they? I also think five stabbed? people were killed by the car. Okay. I think I think they were hit by the car, and then there were like a bunch of French um, uh, school children who were also struck by the car, and oh, they appear to like be okay. But yeah, I mean the pictures of it are totally terrifying. I mean, there's just people who were like going about their daily business, and they've yet to figure out like what the uh, you know where this attack originated from. If it was like pre-planned, really, they don't really have much information, or at least not that I can find. But I thought it was worth mentioning because it's just really yeah. sad. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for <clears throat> for mentioning that. I I sadly did not hear about that since I was in the basement of a conference center all day today. But um. Man, it just seems like a lot of stuff like that is happening. So always good to have moments of silence and time for reflection when things like that occur. Well, I think it's really important to 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 remember that things are happening in other places. Yeah, Yeah. we've been so consumed and so wrapped up with what's going on in in Trump's America because day to day it's just like you're just being like beaten down. Yeah, I mean, like you're like his like weird. I mean, it's literally fucking your mind like all the time and yeah, like constant and so, fear state it's like what is that yeah happening? <laughs> absolutely you know and that was something that that my trip really did for me you know it, it gave me a few moments of of clarity to be like oh actually like other people are living in the world and they seem to be doing okay and or you know like oh yeah. other people are are having much more trouble than we are you know, I mean, it's it's all about like remember, you know, pulling yourself out a little bit every once in a while, and remembering that we're still trying to be good citizens of the earth and not necessarily just good Americans. Oh, like, and I'm I, so glad you said that because that is like really, I mean, how I feel our conversation is sort of going to go today since we're going to get to hear about your trip to Thailand because I'm sure it's such a different experience you know, seeing how women are treated in other countries and what mm. the culture is like, and then also how we're perceived as Americans and particularly white blonde Americans. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at that. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. 
I am very excited to hear more about it, even though I, you know, spoiler alert, have heard a little bit already. <laughs> full disclosure. Full Just disclosure. letting you guys know. We I already know the wait. insider scoop. <laughs> we couldn't wait. Yeah, this is not an exclusive interview. Um, we, like, couldn't wait to talk, though. Like, we, when I got back into the country, it was like, you were, like, the second person I texted. I was like, hi! Which, oh, by awesome. the way, did my present get to you yet? Not yet. Darn, it was supposed to get delivered today. Damn, I was hoping oh, well, maybe could, like, it did. Sometimes we get deliveries at like 8 p.m., so we'll see. Oh, if it if it gets here, it, that would just be real cool if it got delivered like while we were talking. But anyway, oh my god, I'll like text Eric. Anyway, carry I'm on. Putting that out into the universe. <laughs> um, so should we just dive in really quick and talk Let's a little bit about in. this James Comey, Mike Rogers thing? So on Monday, um, a special committee. Um, held a hearing for FBI Director James Comey and NSA Director Mike Rogers. Um, it was about a whole bunch of different things. It was mainly about, uh, you know, Russia meddling, like what evidence there is and what investigations are, you know, like what level of investigation is going on um, on the Russia thing. And um, it's... Uh, and, and like Russia's meddling in the, um, in the election. And they also, like, uh, you know, uh, most of it, like, I watched, like, three and a half hours of it, which it was my first day back, like, in the office, you know, and I was like, oh, God, good morning. Like, not only is it Monday, but it's my first day back from freaking vacation, and I'm going to (laughs) watch three and, like, what's wrong? I know, right? Like, welcome back to hell. Um, (laughs) But so, I mean, most of it was a lot of, like... To, like, like, what do you call it? Like, pussyfooting around, where it was like, mm, boop, 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 can't comment on that or whatever. But the one nugget that I really wanted to, um, to like bring out and like discuss with you, because I know you've been in Conference Dungeon, um, is that so James Comey, they, they directly asked James <laughs> Comey, and I believe they asked Mike Rogers this same question, and I, I think he answered similarly. Um, they basically just straight up asked him if there was any evidence to show that president obama um tapped the um like during the during the election tapped donald trump in trump tower um so anybody who hasn't i'm sure like there isn't a single person in the entire world that has not hasn't laughed that hysterically he did that. At this? <laughs> yeah but he straight didn't he tweet it isn't that how it happened like he straight up tweeted that obama tapped yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Trump tweeted that uh, accusing um, former President Obama (laughs) and still president for me, still current president for me, um, that he that he tapped his phones during (laughs) and like bugged him and it went, you know, during the election process. So they straight up asked James Comey this and James Comey's like, "I, I have no like he couldn't have been any more clear that he has no there is no evidence to show that that happened you know why because it fucking didn't it didn't happen it (laughs) did not happen can you even like yeah that's why it's so funny it's like no one can actually visualize obama being like (laughs) and like giving a fuck about what that idiot had to say you know i mean it's just so ridiculous oh swear jar sorry sorry and like and nobody even thought he would win so like why would they even waste the resources like if you look at it from (laughs) do you know what I mean like from from that like why in you know Obama's final days in office was he even giving a fuck about what this person was (laughs) saying and then like I was listening so I listen to Pod Save America all the time and it's incredible and maybe one day we'll be famous enough that they will actually know who we are but it's very doubtful Um, but they are 
Right? They're, so they're former Obama staff people and speech writers that have this podcast. It's amazing. Check it out. It's really great. But they did an episode. They did like a little blurb on this on one of the ones that I've been catching up. So it was like a couple weeks ago now. Um, and <laughs> they were like, so like, wait a minute. You're telling me that he would tap that room, which basically like he would have to um, in this in this hearing on Monday, they went through the process that one would have to go through in order to even like achieve like to, to be granted a tap. And it was like, you know, you don't you, as president, you don't like write an executive order to tap like nobody can do that. You have to be court ruled. <laughs> You know, like, unless you physically go in there and, like, and install a wiretap, which, like, who would be, who, do, anyway. Oh, that seems so, more likely. He probably just, like, yeah. you know, tucked and rolled through in through the window <laughs> and, like, climbed, like, scaled the Like, became Sterling wall. Archer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but oh so, you know, they go through that whole process and, and so these, the, these guys were saying, like, well, okay, so... So he listened in, even if this did happen, he listened in and he heard what was happening with me the meddling in the election and he let him win. And he was just like, oh, like, like Obama listens <laughs> to how Russia was, was conspiring to help Trump win the election. And Obama was like, oh, that's cool. Like, whatever. Yeah. He's like, man, this really sucks. This is the yeah, worst, one like, of the worst days I've ever had. <laughs> does anybody want to go get a burger? Like... <laughs> does, anyone, does anyone have a sig? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, you're so right. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is just so ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and so to me, what what really sealed the deal for how ridiculous it is is that James Comey, slimy McSlimerson, introducing <laughs> that like last like little that report like three days before the election about Hillary's emails that was totally bullshit, and it I'm personally convinced really did her in. And, yeah, me too. you know, and that guy, this guy who obviously will stop at nothing to like meddle in the election in his own way is, is saying like, no, <laughs> no. Yeah. He's happen. like, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like he's the only person in power. Like didn't Pence and a bunch of other people like refuse to back that as well. Like it's like everyone's like, yeah. we can't. That's just, <laughs> we can't do it. Yeah. Nobody's touching it. Nobody's touching it. And they shouldn't be because it's bullshit. But anyway, I thought that was like worthy to know. The yeah. I thought that was interesting to note. I totally agree. The only thing that freaks me out and of course I'm the one of the two of us who you know probably leans a little bit more conspiracy theorist status which is like <laughs> might be my own paranoia and the fact that I drank two-thirds of an energy drink in like five minutes just now but um, there's a Bloomberg article that came out today um, that's the headline is Comey is now the most powerful person in Washington and it's basically framing you know I mean Sort of to your point, like, he seems like he's in the back pocket of the administration, but this article frames it like he actually controls the Trump administration's fate, and so he's actually pretty powerful, because Ooh. whatever he says about both the Obama thing and the Russian hackers you know, involvement in the election. I mean, essentially, just like he is, he did that with Hillary for the outcome of the election. I mean, essentially, like you say, what he says is going to be what people kind of agree with, which is fucked up. But 
It's also a little scary because it's like, how much power does he actually have? Like, is he working for Trump? I don't know. Like, because obviously that is not necessarily in Trump's personal best interest. Maybe his administration's yes, you know, to say, like, there's no fucking way, you idiot. Um, but anyway, I just thought that was kind of interesting. It's a Bloomberg article and it came out today. Ooh, and I tend to like a lot that. of Bloomberg stuff. Yeah, I will. Will you post it? Because I would love I'll to read right that. Now. That's really interesting. But it's, yeah, I mean, that... That, that's a really good point because also, I mean, like you just said, it can go both ways, right? So he can either come out saying that, you know, Trump has direct ties to Russia and that all of these, um, you know, these, these calls and all of this stuff that, um, you know, that, that's going back and forth about the, uh, uh, with Sessions, with everybody. I mean, it, it, essentially he could come out and like ruin the entire administration, but he could also get all the information that it did happen and just straight up not tell us, and yeah. and just everybody goes on about their merry way. And so that that's really that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. We we should have like a whole episode about exactly what's going on with this Russia thing because it's it is so important. I think, and it's very to me, it's really scary and really. Um, gross and and like not something that we can touch ba- like talk about in like two seconds but because it gets really convoluted when you start like looking at like who talked to who at what time and then who said they didn't but then later recalled that they had right yeah, and you it's know like, it's like who wants to be outed and you know which what's intentional and what's not I mean that is very difficult to parse so it is you know I guess it's why I always play the devil's advocate with things that maybe are seem a little paranoid because I'm like well but what if we don't look at it from this angle and like xyz is meant to be a distractor and then we miss like the actual threat and we all die (laughs) which to be super fair is the way that this administration has been conducting itself you know, yeah. firing off all these tweet of uh, all these tweets and getting in fights with Alec Baldwin. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> totally. And then and we're all paying attention to to that. You know, circus. And then we miss all these you know things that are being passed, and they're just straight up not being covered. Not to mention the world news that's not being covered because of this dog and pony show. Oh my god! Yeah, the whole thing's ridiculous. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Comey, I guess, because some of it, yeah, just seems like it's hilarious and laughable, but then other pieces do feel like, what's, you know, what's going on? Is he kind of controlling controlling things here? I mean, he's throwing us off more than, you know, someone like Sean Spicer seems to. I mean, that guy just seems like such a boob. (laughs) You know? He is. He is a boob. He's a boob. (laughs) I know we didn't agree to talk about him. We can leave that for another another time, but... (laughs) Johnny Boob Spicer. <laughs> That's almost Oy. as good as Jeff Sessions' bomb. <laughs> Jeff Sessions. Oh, I got. Okay, I'll talk about yeah, my we'll Jeff get, Sessions' bomb later. We will we'll get, get there. there. We'll, we'll get to your moment. Yeah, we'll get there. Should we talk about Grouch? I mean, yeah. Gorsuch? Talk about Grouch. Can I just, I'll share, of course, what the hell I'm talking about. So I'm a nerd and I write myself these little notes on my comp. Right before we record, just so I remember. <laughs> called it a comp. My comp, my sweet laptop. <laughs> it's not a desktop, in case y'all were wondering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nerd anywho. alert. 
Nerd alert. Anyway, I'm about to continue my nerd alert and share with you that I type out my outline so that I don't forget what we're going to talk about once we actually start recording. And so I, of course, typed Gorsuch, and every time I typed it, it auto-corrected to Grouch, which I thought was very appropriate for today. So we named our episode after it, and I left it just typed as grouch. I gave up. It just ca- it wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> say no. So it now says grouch. So we, I guess we can talk about grouch. So grouch. Um, grouch has actually made me a little bit less of a grouch. I mean, so so I'm interested to know like your feelings about this because like I'm of course like anyone who Trump's administration could possibly pick for Supreme Court, being that that is a a a position that lasts a really long time and through multiple administrations you know until death we've just until like yeah till death do they part with us (laughs) um you know it like i i'm i was of course immediately inclined to be like nope hate him don't want to know anything about him don't even care to google him jeff sessions vomit but it you know i i don't hate him as much as i thought i was gonna hate him man i don't hate him yeah. Like, I really don't. Yeah. I think... I have been hearing that a lot. And I, again, not to play devil's advocate necessarily, but I, I'm I'm, I'm just hesitant to jump on that train because I'm worried, again, that, like, you know, is he just not being crazy, explicitly crazy, and that's what's normalized to us right now? You know, I mean, essentially a lot of right. his interview has been pretty vague which is like you know essentially what a brilliant attorney does it's like just misleading and sort of evasive super (laughs) super good point like is he just actually a freaking politician person that can play the game and then once he gets in there he'll be you know i mean i think i think the important thing to that that sort of gives me a little bit of um I don't want to say confidence because like that's not what I mean but like it makes me feel a little bit better about this nomination is that he is replacing Antonin Scalia who is like the conservative poster child yeah so like if he were I I feel like that like he's he's just going to maintain the balance that the court has had I feel yeah. like, and and I, and I, wh- I hope that's true. I hope that's true. Obviously. Yeah, I mean, and he could. Everyone's saying like he's he could potentially sit a little bit to the right of Scalia, and it's like at this point, you know, maybe that's not the worst thing. You know, like it, like the fact that he's because he's not running his own department by himself. I'm a lot less intimidated by him. Yeah, like I'm a lot less worried about him than I am DeVos and Sessions. You know. He makes me want to die a little bit less. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this New York Times article that tried... It says um, highlights from his confirmation hearing. Because honestly, again, there's just so much... Like, most people don't have, like, several days of interviews to get confirmed. And so there's a lot of information to go through. But I guess there are, you know, some things where he's not um, as evasive. Like, it sounds to me like he's down for torture... (laughs) as a strategy for example which i don't agree with um but it's not necessarily i mean i I, this is terrible because it's a really privileged thing to say but it's not necessarily at the top of my priority list so that one didn't immediately make me run in the other direction so there's certainly that um 
the one thing that I'm really turned off by is the section that covers, um, it's like a subsection of, of this New York Times article. It says, a nominee with little interest in the wisdom of international law. And it's oh, they God. quote him saying, like, as a general matter, I'd say it's improper to look abroad when interpreting our Constitution. Um, that's just, like, ignorant as fuck. Um, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even feel like I have to say anything else than that. Like, why would you say that? That doesn't really make any sense to me. <laughs> but it does have an entire section as well that says Democrats struggle to find a line of attack. So it's sort of what we're talking about, right? Like, he hasn't right. said anything so outlandish, and he hasn't done anything, especially recently, um in his history that makes him seem so so horrible that we're gonna like you said like fight like crazy to get him not confirmed so then what do we do right. but it's obviously he's not great <laughs> well no and that's the thing like like anybody this administration like if this administration puts forth someone who can is is capable of doing the job at in its most fundamental way i'm like all right fine do you know what I mean? Like at this point, it's like to to like for all of the Democrats to to vote no would be a good thing. I think nobody. I, I don't think anybody in their right mind should vote for him. But what I do think is it's important to use this sort of as a bargaining chip because when when we do lose RBG, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, when we do lose her to retirement, we we have to be positive. That we can fight and restore the balance with getting somebody liberal in in her stead. You know what I mean? It's sort of like pick your battles in this moment, I think. I totally feel you. And I'm not saying as overarching strategy that I disagree. But again, I worry a little bit that he... I don't know that he's just like a lot worse than people are uncovering. Because, I mean, he's the guy who's like... Like, he sort of reminds me of Paul Ryan. Like, everyone sort of thinks Paul Ryan yeah. seems like a nice guy, but he's actually, like, the most evil fuck ever. Like, See, I don't he think he seems like a nice guy anymore. Well, I'm, I'm talking years and years ago, I guess. Like, we've, had, well, we've sure. been primed, yeah, okay. I think, for a while to know that he sucks. But at least, like, when he first started out and wasn't that known, like, I mean, he did, like, seem like kind of a reasonable guy. And he would have these kind of politician evasive ways of answering things and, like, has always been very careful what he comes out and makes like statements about but it's mm-hmm. in his policy right and and so it reminds me here I'm looking at you know Gorsuch when um you know he defended the opinion essentially against an autistic student getting um reimbursed under federal law for the individuals with disability education act you know I mean it's just like he and Paul Ryan maybe share the sentiment that like People who are people with disabilities, um, you know, people who can't pull themselves up by their own bootstraps because of poverty and like systemic racism. Like he seems like one of those people that like doesn't believe in those things and like everyone right. is just, like not trying hard enough and doesn't deserve any assistance. So that those are always like the so- social justice and like human rights elements that I get alarms about, I guess. And so. I don't know if I should be afraid of him, but I feel afraid of him anyway. (laughs) I mean, I think that that's, and that's something like, and listening to you talk about it is kind of giving me a little bit more pause as well. But I mean, when I like, it's, it's interesting to see 
to have this discussion with you, and this is why I wanted to, because I think we both, we center around the same issues, absolutely, but I think if we were to pull apart what made, like if we were to pick our single issue, they could in many ways be different. And that's yeah. why, like, when when you just said that, I was like, oh, I kind of, like, breezed over that. I was sort of, like, not, not like, oh, fuck it, whatever. But I... Oh, no. But do you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, oh, but when I centered on was when he said, like, that Roe v. Wade is the law of the land and there would be nothing done to revoke that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, this guy's not the worst. So it's interesting. Yeah. It depends it's on what issue, It's interesting, like, what... Right. And like what informs your opinion. That's really interesting. I, I really, that's why I wanted to have this conversation with you. Yeah. And I mean, I, like you have been changing my mind constantly as well. And I think that that's just unfortunately a little bit, just the time that we're in, there's so much information out there. You have to figure out what sources you trust. And so I think the thing that we're doing right is that we're reading a lot and talking to a lot of people about this and you mm-hmm. know that's what it's all about like I've really gone a bit back and forth myself so I appreciate talking to you about it too and hopefully if any of y'all are listening out there maybe you can write to us or post on the Facebook page and you know let us know what you're thinking about him because honestly um, I trust my wonderful women um more than anybody else in my life so i'd rather hear from you guys (laughs) what you think totally totally and so i mean i guess we'll just keep an eye out and see if he's confirmed i mean honestly i don't see there being any circumstances like any situation that will not scenario that he will not be um so more than likely we'll be having this conversation again about what happens after he is um but yeah i thought it was a, a worthy thing to bring up Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Well, great. Should we also touch on one more current event of the dreaded Obamacare? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, let's, yes, go for it. (laughs) Well, healthcare policy is near and dear to my heart. I'm going to, as always, give a shout out to Healthcare for the Homeless, which is an incredible organization that got me really super jazzed about healthcare policy and just the concept of healthcare as a human right, um, which it absolutely is. And of course, this bullshit ass plan <laughs> that um, they've come up with as a replacement to Obamacare um, is up for vote. And, you know, I really, um, it's tomorrow? Is it tomorrow that it's up for vote? I. I believe so. I believe it is Thursday that it goes for its first, like, round of... I honestly don't know enough about, like, how it works. Like, its first round of votes. I don't know. I think so. I think they just need simple majority. And they were were interviewing um, some Republican senators that I saw on TV briefly last night in my haze between my basement... (laughs) conference what'd you call it dungeon <laughs> conference yeah. whatever <laughs> conference dungeon <laughs> conference dungeon um i mean even some of them were like at least I, I mean i can't speak to this too much but as of right now it doesn't have the votes so i think i'm at least encouraged by the fact that more people seem to be saying like this i mean we're down for a replacement but what the hell is this <laughs> I think to be perfectly honest, I don't think it's going to get the votes. And and here's why. I don't I think this plan takes a lot of the ownership of healthcare off of the federal government and makes it a state problem. So, when where or at least my understanding of it, so correct me if I'm wrong. If if what the, you know, what will lack in federal subsidies will have to be made up somewhere because people aren't just going to get more money. That's not going to happen. 
So in order for these these you know senators and representatives to keep their seats they of course need to keep people insured and how are they going to do that they're going to they're going to do that by having to supplement with state grants and i don't think any of them are i don't think i don't think enough people are willing to do that you know what i mean like i think yeah but did I you hear how trump really... has been trying to scare I, this is one part that i could not believe yes. like he's like i'm going to fund your I'm going to fund your primary campaign or, or a primary campaign against you, like, coming up. Yeah, I mean, he, he basically... Like, Are you serious? <laughs> You're he threatening had that people? rally in, like, what, Nashville or something? And right after the rally, he, like, he basically met with a bunch of Republican lawmakers to try to get them on board to vote this thing through. And the reason why they're trying to vote this through, like, literally in 72 hours is because the the cost of it is still unknown. Like, it hasn't been evaluated by the committee that evaluates cost. So they're trying to push it. They're trying to vote on it. <laughs> Before they've issued any kind of budget for it. Yeah. So that's like, what? So, uh, yeah. So, and I think, I think honestly, we need to have a whole episode about like exactly what this, this healthcare bill entails, because it's really important to know and it's really important to get it right. And I'm not confident, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not confident at this moment that I could like talk about it without saying something that's like totally incorrect, but it's, it's crazy what's it's just it's crazy it's like and then did you see so there's this ridiculous clip of a press conference with sean spicer and it's showing obamacare and how thick it is and then it's showing trump (laughs) care and how thin it is oh my god and he's like and and i don't i'm like this is like super paraphrasing i don't remember exactly what he says but somebody asked him a question about it and he's like well this plan's just simpler look at it look at and then he like gestures (laughs) to like (laughs) Look, look at this. <laughs> Jeff Sessions Bob. No, he does that though. Like he says, he's like, look at, look at how thick this is. And then he like, he like motions through like the air, like and how thin Trump care is. It's like, I've got to find that clip because it's absolutely insane. Oh my insane. God, that I is think, so funny. I think it was on John Oliver. Like I feel like they, John Oliver had it on there. That is so damn funny. That's like the funniest it's thing I've ever so heard. so sad. What's not funny is that Trump is spending tonight... Um, you know, calling members of the House Freedom Caucus and yeah, rumor has it that um, leaders are considering including a provision to strip Obamacare's essential health benefits as part of their repeal on Thursday. And as of right oh, now, wow. and that's bad because this could be a major shift that brings conservatives back over to the other side, which... I'm going to give some essential health benefits in a moment so people can realize how terrible that is. But as of the after, this afternoon, 23 House Republicans have flat out said they will vote against the bill, while four more have indicated they are likely to oppose it, which is really great. But then if they add this provision in, that could potentially change that, which is really alarming. And the Affordable Care Act's um, essential health benefits, some examples are ambulatory patient services, outpatient care, emergency services and trips to the emergency room, um, maternity and newborn care, mental health services and addiction treatment, prescription drugs. I mean, again, stuff that people really need and are a lot of focused on minorities and people in poverty. So, like, that's just disgusting to me if that's what they're really considering. (laughs) 
So then why why would that take those conservatives back over to the other side? Like to to then vote it in? I don't know. That's just what the CNN article I'm reading says. I don't, you know, I don't probably wonder, mostly because it costs so much would be my guess, but it's right, like yeah. it's like the typical battle between um, you know, conservative and liberal in regards to healthcare like you know, I don't feel like it's my responsibility to pay for these lazy ass people who can't afford health benefits. Like health is health benefits are a choice. And if you want to purchase them, then you can purchase them. And if not, then not. So I think people just, and this is my guess, like, I hope that someone comes on and corrects me because I am by no means a healthcare policy expert. It's just a specific passion of mine. Um, but I would imagine it's just because of the cost, not because, like, if they really think about it in that way, they're like, yeah, let's take away everybody's rights. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, like, that's that's what I mean is, like, how, how not, hu- like, how cyborg can you really be? Yeah. Like, it is <laughs> exactly. all numbers, n- no people, only numbers. Like, how, but do you know, like, yeah. it's like, well, looks right. good for the bottom line. Like, how do you? I don't know. Yeah. I'm having a really good time doing that. Doing that robot voice. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do it again? Would you like to do it again? <laughs> looks good for the bottom line. Who needs essential health benefits? <laughs> Danger! Danger! <laughs> anyway. Oh my god. Anyway, yeah, I think we'll we need to dedicate happens. some real time to that too. So keep your eyes open, guys. Like, uh, make sure that. You know, you know what parts of this get, you know, get past, if any of it. And can I, can I we'll read talk a, about it? Can I read a Sean Spicer quote from this same article? Please. There is no plan B. There's plan A and plan A. We're going to get this done. <laughs> What's wrong with this guy? My God. Oh, God. I have got to, Somebody has to have made a gif out of him gesturing in the, like, at the thickness of the pages. Or, Mel- of or SNL. Thing. Did they cover that? Did Melissa McCarthy do her thing? <laughs> it, ju- it, like, she, maybe. Cause or it's, she will. I mean, we were catching up. Or she will. She, it's too good. It's too yeah. good. That part, as How soon as not? I saw it, it was like, this is SNL. Like, this isn't real life. This is actually a comedy sketch. Like, <laughs> oh, God. oh, it's so good. I know. Oh, so good. Okay, let's do our favorite part of the podcast that we haven't done in a really long time. <laughs> yeah, we haven't. It's terrible. I don't even remember if we, like, have a little song. Like, do we sing, like, a That's all I remember. I think that's it. Queen of the week. Queen of the week. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Or queens of the week. Queens. Yeah, we have two. I don't even know who is doing who, so you go first. Oh, okay. All right. So um, this article just came out today. So it was match day for um, very many hopeful prospective doctors. And um, Johns Hopkins has accepted their first African-American female neurosurgeon resident. So oh, I fucking time. Super right. Okay, so her name, and I'm probably gonna butcher her last name. Sorry, Nancy. Her name is Nancy Abu Bonzra, um, and she lived in Uganda until she, or till no, not Uganda, in Ghana until she was 15, um, and she also attended Johns Hopkins Medical School. Um, and it's just, it's like a super awesome thing. I'm super excited for her. So let me read. Let's see. In yeah. the 30 years that Johns Hopkins School of Medicine's neurosurgical 
Department has accepted residents. There has never been a black woman in the ranks. Now, Nancy Abu Bansar is making history. The prestigious program accepts just two to five residents, which is, that's crazy. Wow. And is ranked second in the country. Among its notable alumni, Dr. Ben Carson. Like, give me, who? That's not notable. <laughs> Shut up, article. Um, who is now the United States Secretary. Oh, my God. This this sentence. Wait, okay, okay. Time I, out. I need to it start is, over. It is a little crazy. Like, I know this is a tangent, but I can't help it. Like, it is crazy to contemplate that, that this guy could be so esteemed in the medical profession and yet, like, come off as, like, so stupid. Yeah. Just, like, a, a stoner college. <laughs> like, that, on a- that one <laughs> freaking debate or whatever where... He was was supposed to go on stage and, like, missed it, like, four times. And everyone's, like, (laughs) Trump. And, like, everyone's, like, pushing past him. And, oh, my God. I've never laughed harder. (laughs) Every recreation of that, every gift, like, so amazing. uh, Okay, sorry. He seems so sad. He just seems... (laughs) Yeah, but it is, like, you're on painkillers. Like, is this house? Like, what's happening? (laughs) Oh... Hugh Laurie would have been a way better choice. (laughs) Anyway, so I just need to read this sentence again because it's like this ruined the entire article for me. Not you, Nancy. You're amazing. You're incredible. But this. Among its most notable alumni, Dr. Ben Carson, who is now the United States Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. Really using that, really using that neuroscience. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I just did that uh, for fun. I just like took someone else's spot like Nancy's. Yeah. So now this is a quote from from Nancy Abu Bansra. So that will like totally fix this article. I'm very much interested in providing medical care in underdeserved, um, underserved, got underdeserved. God, I can't read. Underserved settings, specifically surgical care. Abu Bansra said in a statement, I hope to be able to go back to Ghana over the course of my career to help in building sustainable surgical infrastructure. Like, good for her. Fucking awesome. Hell fucking um, and then she says, I want to be remembered for serving my community, whether it is through providing quality surgical care or helping mentor the next generation of surgeons. Um, unique thing. Everything is special about the match. It will be a dream come true. That's awesome. I know. So I've yay. known some friends who have gone through match day. And I mean, it's it reminded me, at least since I couldn't. I haven't had that ex- personal experience. It reminded me a lot of like getting your undergraduate college acceptance letter in the mail. Totally. I mean, there's so much build up to it. I mean, people are dying to know um, if they've gotten their choice and I, you know, they're moving. So it has that real element as well. A lot of yeah. them are moving across the country or, or further to do this. So, so cool. Um, you know, I, the one thing that I'll just say that makes me sad is that, we're clearly still a minority because we still have to say things like the first black woman yeah, who's, I know. you know, it's 2017. And like we were talking about offline earlier, you know, sometimes we have a hard time thinking of Queens of the Week, not because there's any shortage of amazing women to represent um, publicly, but because I think we're not in the practice of building women up publicly at, primarily. Right. And so it's like, right we're not even in the practice ourselves of lifting other women up, even though I feel like we both try to do that all the time. We probably have more practice at it than some people, but it still feels unnatural to me. Like I draw this blank, like 
wait, what, which women role models do I have? You know, and I actually do have many, but it's like you said, you're like, should I say Marilyn Monroe? Like, I totally know what you mean. Like what men want us to see of women immediately flashes to my mind too. It's like, you can't help it. <laughs> How crazy yeah, that's is that? That's a really good point. Yeah, and I find myself even, like, searching through things and being like, nah, that's okay. And it's, like, Marie Curie. Or do you know what I mean? I mean, it's not. That's a bad example. But do you know what I mean? Where I'll be like, yeah. I mean, I sort of downplay some of the actions of people as well and, and um, of women in particular. And it's it's difficult to it's difficult to remind ourselves that like this is that's why we started this podcast was to be yeah. able to do Queen of the Week and stuff like that. And like we, we felt we got shitty at it and now we got to get better at it. But it's it's yeah. it's. It was odd. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because when you said it and we were talking earlier, it was like, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly why. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking it's weird, patriarchy. right? I know. So we do need to just push ourselves to figure it out. And of course, like once we're like, OK, we just have to do it. We were like, can we do two? Yeah, <laughs> so I know. Yeah, <laughs> we obviously figured it out. So that's a nice segue into our other queen of the week who. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Okay. Um, Yeah. So she is a little bit controversial, but she's been getting a lot of attention recently um, and certainly has done some very incredible things. Um, Angela Merkel, Chancellor of the Free World. Angela Merkel. (laughs) Angela Merkel. Mm -hmm. um, Obviously has been getting a lot of attention because Trump, um, quote, didn't hear her request for a handshake when they met in person so it looked like yeah. a big a big old f you um yeah if you guys haven't seen that whole exchange google it right now because it is so uncomfortable yes it, it is, is very just really awful it's as uncomfortable as it was when hillary and trump were debating and he stood like two inches behind her and is like twice as tall as her like loomed behind her during the debates you remember that shit (laughs) oh i do remember i forgot i had forgotten but now i remember that shit oh my god that was awful it was weird as fuck right so you're right though it is as uncomfortable as that you're right yeah and it's both about a power play so i mean it's gross so she's being she's getting a lot of attention of course um because she's basically like F you right back, but is also trying to do this good gesture. Um, and also because, I mean, she really, so she's the chancellor of Germany and has been for like a zillion years, um, but has done some really great things, particularly um, with Syrian refugees. Did you say that she's like, she's let in the most Syrian refugee families of anyone I believe, in the world? And that, that, that may not still be true, but when I was reading that, that was definitely what was happening. Um, yeah. I mean, they may have changed kind of what, but she's she's definitely been one of the international leaders for the Syrian refugee crisis. And really, I think for, for not just that, like, I think that she's certainly done that before, that Germany has opened their, opened their doors to refugees before. Yeah, um, absolutely. And that's really what caught my attention about her, and that was, I, I don't even really remember when that was all, I mean, that, that's been, of course, in the last, what, two years. Yeah, um, and I, honestly, that's the kind of stuff that we should build her up for, absolutely. I mean, it's, a, it's important to note that, you know, she is a little bit controversial, like, some people see her really as much of a corporate head as they might see someone like Trump, um, although in no way does he ever do anything for hu- human rights in any yeah, way, shape, or form. Other so humans. That's a huge distinction, of course. But you know, she was really um, one of the people proposing the introduction of the flat tax in Germany, um, 
And, you know, there's just, like, a lot of controversy over whether that was designed to benefit only the rich um, and cause a lot of Mm. the same, um, you know, wealth disparity that exists in Germany that exists here. So she's definitely controversial. And so, you know, some people are a little bit like, haha, she's getting so much attention in America. Look, look what standards they've risen to because, like, Trump's so bad that we're like, yeah, Angela Merkel, like crazy people. Um, but on the other hand, I mean, the reason I did want to bring her um, to the table tonight is because of that um, other aspect that she's really done a lot um, in in the aspect of human rights and really also has served for so long. She reminds me of Hillary in that aspect. Like, she is a politician. She is in the 1%. She's done some things that have clearly benefited that. Um, but she's also done, she's had a really long career and has done a lot of really amazing things too. So just, you know, I encourage folks out there to do a little research on her because she's certainly an interesting person and she shouldn't be discounted for the good things that she's done just because, um, she's done some shitty stuff too. (laughs) She's a human and she's had a really long career. So it's important to consider all of it, I think. And equating her to Hillary, I think, is very important because there's she's un, she's gone through some of the, the very similar criticism. So if she were a man, you know, would would people have take have have um, seen her actions the same way? And you have to wonder, you know, for her to be able to serve so long and for to, for her to be able to climb to you know rise to power, so to speak what did she have to do to play the game that, you know, and what she did have to do to play the game in certain ways so that she could get into power so that she could potentially make a difference. And I mean, I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate on the other side, right? Like I'm certainly not like ready to leave and move to Germany because I'm obsessed with Angela Merkel, but (laughs) you know, but I'm okay with it. But it's an interesting thing to think about. Like if, if she, would she be controversial at all if she was a man? You know, yeah. I mean, that's just that's just like a little thing to put in the thought bank because so yeah, many things that important. Hillary did that that people were like ready to burn Hillary at the stake for. It's like, well, yeah, some of it's just business. Like, do I do I think that, you know, that it's that it's like a good thing and it makes those people good people? No, not necessarily. No. But I do think that there is an element in politics always, on, of, you know, of playing the game and being able to figure out how to. And I think it's much more difficult for women to play that game. Yeah. So you have to also wonder, you know, what sometimes you have to take some good with some bad. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And I, you know, I just, again, like I have to do more research myself too, because I keep, the more I read about her, I just flip flop, flip flop, maybe partially because she's a woman. But, you know, I mean, it's interesting how some of this stuff really does mirror what's going on um, here in the U.S., given that. Um, although some people really advocate for her because she's all about transatlantic partnership. Um, that's a very like American focused partnership. And like, she was actually, um, pretty in favor. Some people think she was pretty in favor of a privileged partnership and like was in support of, you know, Turkey not being, a part of the, um, EU, for example. So I don't know. Mm. I mean, the more, I mean, and I'm like obviously doing bare bones like sharing stuff I found on Wikipedia status and like other things that I random articles I've read about her especially recently so I need to do more research but I think um, it's important to at least recognize that there are a lot of American women out there who believe that she represents something based on her interaction with Trump and I think we 
need that symbol of a strong female right now because that essentially like that's at least what I view as like the way to battle Trump. I mean, he represents everything against every minority, right? So like I think it's important to honor her as a queen of the week for that because we need that symbol right now and like maybe that's not really how her policy <laughs> reflects, but like if we want to spend a week on social media building her up, then maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, I, I I agree completely. And it's also, I mean, that that strong female influence is who we lost. That's like that's that's who we are literally grieving right now. Be you know, yeah, um, yeah. In Hillary and in, in Hillary's loss, and like I'm still grieving it. I'm still getting over it. I'm not yet over it, and I'm not sure that I will really ever be over it. You know, so I think and yeah. I think that's sort of why I think you you hit the nail on the head for me. Absolutely, that like that's why I'm like oh like jumping all these articles coming out like is she the leader of the free world? I'm like yes, she is. I love her. Yeah, because it's it's because I just I want her to be. I mean how yeah. awesome does it feel especially when this stuff so closely seems to mirror the time of the holocaust like that the chancellor of Germany is the one that's gonna like be the symbol to take down Trump I mean there's honestly like nothing that seems better than that at this particular yeah. moment um, right but yeah I don't know she's she philosophically may not be the right person for us but um Nonetheless, I think that she's done some really great work and is certainly serving as an empowering symbol for us um, over the last couple of weeks. So I'm down. (laughs) I love that so much. Um, Okay. And that being no segue whatsoever, I'm dying to talk a little bit about Thailand and your trip. I don't know. I, do, 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 do. I don't know. Traveling. I, to think I just went stuff. along with it. Traveling. Do, 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 do. It's like, uh, I don't know. That's it. That's it. <laughs> it was perfect. Yeah. Should I bust out a guitar? I was singing that the whole time. My brother-in-law was singing, One night in Bangkok makes a hot man humble for the whole oh trip. Oh my God. That's The I'm entire sorry. trip. I'm not familiar it was, with yeah. that song. <laughs> um, I'll find it and I will, I will play it. I will play it for you. <laughs> That's not even, I don't even think that's really how it goes, but that was how he was singing it the whole time. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it was amazing. How long were you there? It was amazing. So I was there for two weeks and we were on the ground for like 12 days. Um, I did three days in Bangkok and then we went um, further south and did a few days in Phuket on the beach and then we took a ferry out to Koh Phi Phi, which is Phi Phi Island. If anybody has seen the movie The Beach... Hee hee. It's spelled like Fifi, but it's Pee Pee. All their H's are silent. Oh, that's so confusing. Um, I'm going to start yeah, saying that I have to Fifi. No, I'm just kidding. That's so offensive. My apologies. <laughs> oh my Pardon God. me. I must Fifi. Um, I love it. No, that's okay, exactly okay. what I'm going to say now forever. Um, so, yeah. So then we, um, if anybody has seen the movie The Beach uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio, if you yes. haven't, stop what you're doing and watch it right now. It's weird, and but he's real good in it. And hot. He's real good to look at. Yeah, I mean, really, he's, like, okay in it, but just mute it and watch him. It's a good thriller, though. I think it's good. Yeah, it's a good thriller, yeah. Um, so the the beach that they shot that on is is um, called Maya Beach, and it's just off the coast of Kopipi. So we went there. Um, it's super touristy, but we got to snorkel, like, right around the corner from it, which was super rad. And then... We went all the way back up um, to very north in the country to Chiang Mai um, for the last four days and then flew through China and had a night in China and came home. 
That is amazing. Um, so tell me about the women there, because that's the thing that I'm most curious about. And I know I'm sure it was different in every place. Um, I yeah, know maybe I mean, you mentioned bit. people yeah. are pretty nice. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. Like, that only happens yes. here in the Midwest. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that was something that struck me as just really crazy. So uh, people there, like, in my experience, the I, I, there, I think there are, well, I'm positive that there are areas that women are treated really terribly there. And I think it's very clear that there is um, a, a hierarchy of power. Um, I don't think women's rights are very much of a thing there. But I do think that women are celebrated there. Um, and, and I think that that's like a really, that's a really difficult thing for me to say, because there's also, so there, there's this element of, you know, there's this element of respect, um, there that, you know, like uh, respect for Buddha. Um, like for instance, if you go to any of the Buddha temples, you have to have your shoulders and your knees covered and, um, you take off your shoes before entering, um, you're quiet inside. Um, typically, like you don't take a whole lot of pictures and stuff like that because there are people in there praying. So there's this element of of piety and this element of um, respect for your elders, respect for your community, respect for religion juxtaposed upon like complete excess, both you know sexual excess, um, drugs. Um, alcohol I mean everything everything if you want anything you can have way too much of it there and like Um, how much like like I sort of have known that I mean I've never been there and I've sort of heard that a lot but how much of that is obvious versus left open to your imagination or what you've read beforehand and I mean like like I remember you saying that the red light district itself like didn't seem that like scary so it's like no so how do you know like I mean like, how do we know terrible things are happening to women there? Like, I sort of get that sense, too. But I love I mean, how much do you actually how much do you know when you visit there? Well, when you're when you're walking around, if you hadn't read a single thing about it, you wouldn't know anything at all, really. Yeah. Um, the I mean, the red light district is like a bunch of bars with women who are hanging out in front. And, and it's pretty clear what they're there for. It's pretty clear, you know, that they are working. Um, and yeah, they're that, in like, the windows. Many, yeah, and many of them are obviously sex workers. Many of them are obviously... But I have to tell you that, you know, they... In my mind, what I thought... And this is, like, such a delicate thing, right? So I don't... I'm, I'm in no way trying to, to... I'm trying to reason through what I'm trying to say and in no way trying to, like, downplay the, the like, horrible plight that these women go through because I'm sure it's awful. I'm sure the things that they see are really horrible. I'm sure they're not treated well. Um, but in my mind, what what I thought the situation would be and how rough the situation would be and how um, unhealthy and, and terrible I expected them to look was not the case. Yeah. And I completely recognize that that damage, like as, as a survivor of, of sexual assault myself, I am completely aware that damage is not done physically necessary, like wounds heal, but internal scars don't. Um, so yeah. I, I mean, like, yes, I think it's definitely there. And I think if you were a person that wanted to do that to someone, it would be very easy for you to find that there. However, being a person walking around in the streets, it wasn't in your face, which was something that I like was sort of shocked by. I was like, oh, really? 
I mean, they're just a bunch of bars where you can go hang out and there's a bunch of strip clubs and stuff. And it was pretty, you know, they were, they were fairly located on, you know, two different streets. And if you weren't on those streets, you were amongst a bunch of other bars. I felt incredibly safe there, which really like surprised me as well. I mean, I would have walked around alone at night in any of the places that we were and not at all felt strange. Than here, right? Yeah, I, I felt safer there than I do in downtown Portland. I felt way safer there than I ever have in Albuquerque, where I'm from. Um, the people there were not, they That's weren't not concerned hard. with you. <laughs> Sorry. They, yeah, yeah. But I mean, but like they, they, the people there were not concerned with you, right? Like they were there to, to, you know, make their money and do what they were doing. And I mean, there were very little homeless people. Um, we talked about that quite a bit, that, that they're, either their social programs are better, um, which is very possible, or it's po- maybe their distribution of wealth is better there. Um, maybe their sense of community is better and they take care of each other there. Um, it's also entirely possible that where I went was like tourist central and I didn't see anything. Um, yeah. So that's like yeah. completely something to mention. But it, it wasn't like if you go to downtown Portland, like you've been here, if you go to downtown Portland, they're. It is, it is absolutely devastating to see the amount of people who are living under the bridges, who are, yeah, there's a you lot know, barely of making experiencing it. homelessness there for sure. And the yeah, same, and the same in the Bay Area. It's a, a lot oh, more yeah. in your face here as well in that sense. So I, I yeah. agree. Yeah. So that to me was really striking. Like, and, and I did see, I saw two homeless people the entire time we were there. And one of the times there was a, he was eating and he was like standing with the street vendor, like talking to her and like obviously knew her. And, and so it it was just a completely different sort of environment than I expected it to be. And I think what is important to mention and to, to suss out about that is that media and, um, the, you know, the concept of American exceptionalism when you travel, which I've done very little of, like Thailand was the first place, first time I'd ever gone anywhere outside the country other than Mexico. So, and like when I, when I've gone to Mexico, I haven't really done, I haven't done like Mexico city. I haven't done like real Mexico. I've done like American Mexico. So when, you know, when you, when you travel, like you're, you're given this idea that like nothing is, is possibly going to like, could possibly compare to the country that you're from. And nothing could, and, and be very afraid because everywhere is very scary and they all want to hurt, everybody wants to hurt Americans. Um, you're going to get kidnapped and you're going to die everywhere. And I think that's, you know, and, and my husband Stuart was bringing that up the entire time that like the whole reason why you don't see American tour, like we saw very few American tourists while we were there. We saw a lot of, of European tourists, a lot of, of um, Australian tourists. Um, and the main reason that you don't see a lot of American tourists is because they're afraid to go. And, and, you know, something that we talked about that you and I talked about, Liz, was that, you know, I think Americans feel like they can do quite a bit of traveling within their own country. Um, cause there is a lot to see, you know, in the continental United States, but also there's no real difference in culture. And so you're not exposed to any of that. So I went, you know, with all these preconceived notions that it was, I, I was going to be like robbed and have to, yeah, and be and should be very afraid of like the situations that I could potentially find myself in. And what I found was a bunch of people who were extremely nice, the nicest people, honestly, I've ever met. I mean, they would see you lost and come running out of a restaurant to help you figure out where you were going, or would recommend some place to go for lunch, or would you know were always trying to help you, even if they didn't speak English. And of course, I don't speak Thai. You know, they were 
very accommodating. We're very, you know, very much trying. And that also speaks to my privilege too, that I, that what I took home from that was that they were accommodating me. And I kept thinking that the entire time, like what, how different a perspective it gave me on, on, you know, immigration was something that thought I thought about all the time. It was like, I'm here in Thailand, like bebopping around in their home and I don't speak their language and they're trying to figure out how to help me. Like how incredible is that? Yeah, I know. And then you think about like how awful we're making America look right now <laughs> with who's yeah. voted in power and like building walls and closing our doors. And I mean, what a relevant time for you to have visited a place like that. And I'm glad that you did visit a place where you can have that kind of safe experience um, to reflect on all of these really interesting dichotomies because, um, you know, of course there are places like in South America, for example, like that if you visited right now could be a lot more um, volatile or you'd be much more likely to be mugged at the very least. Like, right. Um, but yeah, I think that is such an interesting point to bring up. And, and honestly, even though this was 10 years ago, it was, um, you know, right around the time of bu- the Bush era, you know, ending of George W. Bush era era. And, uh, I mean, George Bush, whatever the hell. Which Bush is he? Which Bush is he? He would have been W because H.W. is dad. H.W., thank you. I can never figure them out. Um, Especially because they have the same shaped head. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. um, I just remember a similar thing in a lot of European countries that I was visiting when I was 20. And a lot of people... Um, very much disliked Bush, of course, but still were seeking me out in conversation and had all of this knowledge on our democracy and our politics. And I felt like I had very little knowledge of theirs by comparison. And they were like really nice and spoke my language and engaging in conversation with me about things that were relevant to me. And so it was like a very similar kind of realization where it's like, wait a second, like we really do think we're the center of the universe and what yeah. the fuck? What is that? Like, this is embarrassing. <laughs> well, absolutely. And then you think about, you know, what would it be to be an, an immigrant coming here? Yeah. When you think about being in New York City, does anybody stop and help anybody? No. You know, if you, if in America, if you don't know where you're going, get out of my way. Yeah. You know, and, and that's not like a, yeah. And that's not like a, that's a very general way, but but thinking about us as a culture, like we don't do things like run out of restaurants and go, excuse me, are you lost? And then when they don't speak the language, go, oh, let me draw you a map. Yeah. You yeah. know, I mean, <laughs> totally. like that was not something that I was ready, like I was prepared for. And so, I, I mean, I approached it very much like any other big city, right? So I was like, you know, you don't stop and talk to anybody. I don't like in New York, if somebody goes, hey, like you don't stop and talk to anybody. Yeah. And you know, like we, I would like buzz past him and Stuart would stop and talk to them because of course his experience of travel is totally different because he's a six foot tall white male. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? So he was like stopping to like see what people were about. And I was like, good movie, you know, like trying to put my head down and run, you know, and, and I turn around and they actually were just like trying to find out why, why we were in their neighborhood. Like we were obviously not going the way we thought we were going, you know what I mean? Like they were just trying to be nice. So then I was like, all right, well, I'm a dick. No, but I understand why you would react that way. I feel the same way. It's like we're just primed 
to have to prepare ourselves for those situations here. And it's, yeah. um, and we just, we na- kind of naturally distrust each other, <laughs> you know? Yeah. This like, so we have this skepticism about each other and it sounds like it was not like that there at all. But, you know, no. I wonder like how that plays out because it's so interesting to think about like the oppression of women there, but yet women are celebrated and everyone seems like super happy and helpful and awesome. <laughs> like that's weird. Yeah. I- It's really weird. I mean, it was a really weird, it was a really weird, you know, thing. It was very strange. And, like, the level of trust there is something that's really interesting. Like, people would just, like, vendors would, you know, like, at the night markets, they'd leave their stuff out, throw, like, a tarp over it and leave. And I was like, people don't steal their stuff? And Stu's like, well, I guess not, because why would they do that if they they did? (laughs) Yeah, poor choice if you continuously get robbed. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, there was that sort of thing. Like, people would just hand you something and walk off and leave and just expect that you'd pay for it. And you would. You know, you would. So, yeah. I, I think, like, trust is a really powerful thing. And I think, I think you know, a, approaching situations like that where you're giving people the benefit of the doubt. You know, because I'm sure those people have gotten burned. I'm sure there's asshole tourists that don't pay or whatever. But the fact that, like, it... it made for such a pleasant experience and it makes me like it makes me want to do that more in in my life you know how can I how can I take some of those practices and do them so anyway it was a really amazing experience I highly recommend going we got to swim with the with the um elephants like yes talk about the elephants that's so cool it was so cool so we went to an elephant sanctuary um and they had an eight-month-old baby boy and several lady elephants, and they all, um, we got to feed them, which was the, like, it's, they, like, come tromping up to you, and you're kind of like, ah, and then they're the most gentle, sweetest, just, like, they looked, their eyes were like people eyes. I mean, if you've ever seen a dog with people eyes, like, you, like, we understood each other, you know, and they, um, I was just, it was so cool. I mean, they would, like, reach around your back with their trunk, because they knew you were holding a bunch of stuff behind your back, and, like, they would lay down in the water right in front of you and you could just cover them with mud. And, and then we got to rinse them off and like scrub their skin and stuff. And we, we got to hang out with them for like almost a whole day. It was really amazing. And elephants and we, are like the most, aren't they like, I don't know if dolphins win or elephants win, but they're supposed to be like some of the wisest and emotionally intelligent animals, which unfortunately yes. means they can feel like pain, like particularly like humans in the sense that they feel like pain of rejection. Like, cause we yes. feel like our neuroscience is such that like we feel pain from rejection in the exact same way as physical pain and elephants are the same, which makes me sad for them if they like don't have good conditions. But this seems like the perfect like, this is, like, the most healing, wonderful thing ever. It's, like, two emotionally intelligent <laughs> species are, like, interacting yeah. and being playful. And this, I mean, that's just so amazing. I love that. <laughs> and we just sat around and watched them be elephants. It was, yeah. like, the coolest thing ever. So there, there are elephants who are were, who were rescued from places that ride them or from circuses or from stuff like that. And because that oh, was something great. that was really important to all of us that went, like we did not want to be the people who swim with the dolphins. You know, we wanted to be the people who go watch the dolphins be dolphins. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that was, that was just, it was really incredible. They their eight month old baby boy. They named Justin Bieber, <laughs> which was like the best. So we were all like, and I was like, baby, baby, baby. Oh, I mean, we were singing, That's we were amazing. singing J babes for the whole time. It was really amazing. But I mean, if you haven't been, if you have not been to Thailand, go. It is, it is cheap. It is gloriously beautiful. 
it is incredibly fun. Um, don't eat the breakfast buffet. I oh yeah, are you gonna share, are you gonna share anything yeah, about your so Jeff Sessions I, vom? <laughs> I Jeff Sessions vomited. Um, Stuart and I got food poisoning from the breakfast buffet at the place we stayed on PP Island, and which like seems appropriate that we like got really sick on PP. But no, ha ha. It was ha ha. But yeah, we got horribly ill, and it was like. I was telling Liz about it, and I'm not going to get into graphic details with you guys. I'm sorry, I'm not. But I, I got into, like, the real nitty-gritty with Liz, and I was telling – she was like, did you take a video of it? Uh, or, like, did, what did you say? Like, did you think about Jeff Sessions when you were throwing up? And I was like, no, but I should have. Yeah, I, I said, did, like, you, it I was said a- did you scream, Jeff Sessions, Bob, <laughs> while you were vomiting? <laughs> like, I didn't because I just was going, ah, like – while it was all exiting my body, but I thought I should have thought about it. So <laughs> well, now he like, was thinking about you, obviously. He was thinking he was there. He was there. <laughs> and that's what happened. Anyway, that was my okay. trip. I had a really incredible um, time. You're not done yet because you have to oh, tell okay. everyone about the prison. Oh, oh my gosh, I'm not done yet. You're right. So um, a few episodes back, it might have even been like our second, it was our self-care episode. So it was like our second episode. Self-care. We were talking about um, in self-care, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Um, so I, tr- I treated myself. Um, we talked about some of the like weirdest tourist destinations. And one of them is the Women's Correctional Facility in Chiang Mai, Thailand, where they, um, where the inmates are trained in in Thai massage, um, and they also make a bunch of goods, and they run a restaurant and things like that um, in order for them to have skills for when they get out of prison. And also, the money that they generate, they can either send home to their families um, who need an additional source of income, or they can save it um, so that they have money when they leave, when they um, are released. So I went, uh, my husband and I went, to go have a traditional Thai massages at the at the correctional facility. Um, it is a building that is right across the street from the old prison and the newer prison. Um, they, I mean, they had moved everybody already and they were in the process of taking down that prison to make it into what appeared to be like a giant, super cool shopping mall. Um, but it was it was like the craziest experience ever. You like park out front. And it was like 10 minutes from where we were staying. It was right in the old city of Chiang Mai. And you walk in and you like check in with like the warden person. She's like, she's a lady who's wearing um, a a uniform and um, a like military style uniform. And you like, she gives you a time and you pay for your massage. And which was incredibly cheap, by the way. It was crazy. And then we like sat and had lunch there. And we went um, shopping in the gift shop. And I, of course, got Liz a present from because it was um, there were goods in there that were made also by the inmates, which was just really super cool. Um, And then you go back into this whole to this like massage parlor thing, which it's, it's the same in there as any Thai massage parlor where there's like, you know, 40 people in there at any given time and you get like your own little like cot kind of situation. And they give you what I can only assume is like a prison jumpsuit to wear. It looked like scrubs and it had like women's correctional facility like branding on it. They give you that, you wear that and you get the most incredible massage of your life. If you've never had a Thai massage, which I hadn't, that was my first one. 
Um, I'm addicted now. It's the freaking coolest thing ever. It's like, There's like yo- nothing like it. It's like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> and I like haven't even yoga. been to Thailand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like yoga, massage, like chiropractic, physical therapy. Like, yeah. All yeah, at once. It's and like it's- pulling, like resistance and pulling and moving your body around. I mean, it's like crazy. I remember, so I got mine oddly enough in Sonoma, but before I lived out here, but I have never had an experience like it. Like this woman was just like chatting with me and like I, my body was flipped over in a million different ways. And like, I almost didn't notice, you know, I, but at the end I was like hugging her cause I'm like, I feel so good. And I feel like I just yeah. shared, shared my entire life with you. And you just like whipped me around in all kinds of shapes. And now I feel better than I've ever felt in my entire life. So yeah, you do. I mean, you just feel amazing afterwards. And it was, it was such a cool experience. And, you know, I had like two moments of like, I wonder what she did, you know, yeah. like, cause this person is like it, it bending you in a very vulnerable way. And so there's this, there's this level of trust with that too. Like you just have to trust that this person, this incarcerated woman is not going to hurt you. And she's not, Yeah. you know, and you also, they also trust them. Like there, there was no, like in my mind, I was going to have to like go through security, get a visitor badge. There was none of that. There were no fences. You know, there there was nothing like that. You walked in the same door that, that all of the women, the incarcerated ladies did too, and you walked out the same way. And it's the kind of you know it's the kind of like program that we need here. Like actually like number one, actually teaching people skills so that they can, you know, be successful and live independently in the community once, you know, they're rehabilitated. And then also like changing the mentality that they're like somehow these like broken um, soulless people just because non-humans they, yeah non-humans exactly um, yeah exactly so it's like I love that this kind of tests and plays with that relationship with trust because that's really important it's like we they are people and they're gonna be out in the world like we are like at some point and so it's just I just think it's a and beautiful they were. concept yeah yeah and they were i mean they they the thing that i think is so important to remember when you think about people who are incarcerated is that it's not very hard to be incarcerated it's not very hard to get arrested or to do something illegal it's it is privilege that allows us to not have to live that way yeah and and it's you know we're only like any one of us is only two steps away from from being in prison it's not, you can't think of it like, I mean, they they were going to work and doing a lot, you know, not everybody, right? Like there are some crazy fucking people that like are in prison that should be in there forever and ever. But <laughs> I, I would, I would venture to, I mean, I, and I, I don't know, I haven't like read any statistics, so don't quote me on this, chuggernauts, but I would bet that the vast majority of people were fairly normal people that fucked up. Yeah, exactly. And that's true here you know? as well. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, and th- and that's what I mean about about here. Like, oh, and there, yeah. I, you know, honestly, in Thailand, I'm I'm very I'm unsure because I it seems like you have to do a lot less to be in, pr- in prison for a lot longer there. Yeah. Um. So, but I'm not certain that that is true. It's I just that's just sort of the feeling that I got with the military presence there. That's um, but but you know, I mean, also like just because someone's been arrested doesn't mean they don't deserve to have any kind of semblance of a human life. Like they you know i mean if you're incarcerated at at least and even if if some of these women were in prison for life right like they're never going to get out at least they are doing something to contribute back to society not only just for society but for themselves yeah god it's like 
exactly. At least they get to do something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my God. And potentially get to do something that they're good at. I mean, there yeah. were, you know, the women who were making, you know, scarves and, and knitting and doing all that kind of stuff were obviously doing that for a reason because they were good at it. Yeah, absolutely. As a, you know, and there were, so it was, I, it just wasn't, it was a truly incredible experience and it really, it like totally changed me and my concept of, and my, you know, my, my preconceived notions of like what it is to be a person, you know, an incarcerated woman and like what, what it means then to let that incarcerated woman touch your body. And what did your husband think of the experience? He thought it was amazing. He thought it was super cool and like had an incredible massage and was like, you know, we were like on cloud nine when we left, not only because of the experience, but also just because you felt you know, great. How, how great. <laughs> yeah, you feel great. And also like, I was just really happy and, and pleased that he came with me because I couldn't, after having read that article, like I couldn't possibly go to that city and not do it. Like it wasn't an option for me to not go do it. Even if it was weird and I like didn't have a great experience, like I, you have to do it. And, and it's one of the things that Chiang Mai really prides themselves on. I mean, it is the tourist destination. Like if you go, I mean, you wait for two to three hours to get, you know, they take no appointments. Like you, you have to get a number and you sit and you wait. And, wow. and there were tons and tons of tourists there. And it just, it just goes to show that like, like, yes, I think those women are being exploited a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's not like they're making all the money that, that, that pours into that place, but but I just thought I, it was a very positive way to think about incarceration. And I just thought that that was really cool. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm really. Um, oh, and didn't our lovely interviewee, Danila, also have this experience? Yeah, she and her husband, Matt, um, went to Thailand and Vietnam and Cambodia. I know they went to Thailand for sure. And I think they did. They did a few other countries for their honeymoon. Cool. That's and so, so cool. they were in Chiang Mai for for um, a good part of their set, their time in Thailand, and they did. Um, uh, they went to the same place. So yeah, she was saying that like it was the best massage she's ever had, and she's not lying. Oh, that's so awesome! And it was like it was like ten dollars for both of us. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Wow. It was, like, it was yeah, it was absurd. I think it was twelve dollars for both of us. Like, not per person, like, total. That's just insane. Oh, my God. I know. I know. I, I was like, can we go back every single moment? Like, I'm can I get another one right here. now? Yeah, can I? Yeah, like, I'm just going to keep paying my $10 to live here. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing your experience. I'm, like, yeah, having the travel Yeah, thank you for wanting bug. to hear about it. Oh, my God. It's amazing. If we get to travel a little bit through your experiences and your stories, then we'll be all the better for it. So... <laughs> so should we, should we like give any sneak previews for things that we might have coming up yeah yeah go for it um well i think that we oh no my fire alarm is going off so oh my this god is, this, this, <laughs> is that foreshadowing like what's happening this is, oh my god okay so this i guess is... i should mute myself okay okay so what while Liz figures out her her smoke detector situation, this is real life, guys. This is live recording and what happens. Um, so we are going to be talking about A Handmaid's Tale. If you have not yet read that, um, it is by Margaret Atwood, and it is absolutely amazing. 
Um, you have got to read it. It's a really quick read, but we're going to be talking about that in like a discussion sort of way in the next couple of episodes. Um, I think the plan is to bring on some of Liz's colleagues and, and sort of like have a ladies book club situation. So we are going to, um, get that all put together. Ooh, okay, and... I think it stopped for a minute. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. For a good. minute. You're like, <laughs> that was so okay. great. That was like filibustering. <laughs> it was. It was like perfect. But yeah. So yeah. So we're going to talk about A Handmaid's Tale. That Get yourself eerie. that book. That was read eerie. It. That was, it was really eerie. Especially the timing of that. Tale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. But <laughs> so, and don't listen to that episode if you haven't read the book, because there's absolutely no way to talk about it without just destroying the entire thing. So read None. it. You will not be sad. It's actually really crazy creepy how appropriate it is to read it right now oh it's so crazy it's you're gonna but you fly through it it's a page turner you're gonna love it you do yeah it's such a good book so but yeah and then other than that like that's kind of all we have i mean we have a lot planned we just don't not any definitive things yet we have a bunch of stuff bubbling underneath the surface and i feel this like huge anxiety to like end with our song now and stuff because i'm afraid the fire alarm's gonna go back off (laughs) Yep, sounds good. You listen to oh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Chug Chat. Beep beep beep. Okay, bye.